good morning. Welcome to Long Hill Baptist Church. If you would stand with me as we turn to number 43 in your hymn sheets, it's going to be page number six. Page number six in your packets. We'll sing all four verses listed there. With many crowns, the Lamb upon his throne. Hark how the heavenly anthem drowns all music but its own. Awake, my soul, and sing of him who died for thee, and hail him as thy matchless king through all eternity. Crown him the Lord of love, behold his hands and side, rich wounds yet visible above, in beauty glorified. No angel in the sky can fully bear that sight, but downward bends his wandering eye at misery so bright. Crown him the Lord of life, who triumphed o'er the grave, who rose victorious to the strife for those he came to save. His glories now we sing, who died and rose on high, who died eternal life to bring, and lives that death may die. And the last, crown him the Lord of heaven, one with the Father known, one with the Spirit through him given from yonder glorious throne. To thee be endless praise, for thou for us hast died. Be thou, O Lord, through endless days, adored and magnified. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. It's good to see you this morning. Happy Father's Day to dads. Raise your hand this morning if you're a dad. I'm a dad. Praise God for dads. Praise God for faithful dads. Uh, dads, thank you for being here today. Uh, faithful dad is an important thing. I uh, appreciate all the men in our church, but it's Father's Day, so we, we need to acknowledge our dads today. Guys, we appreciate you very much. Thank you. I was asked this morning, are we still wearing masks? Well, if you're not up here, you are. Uh, we're, we're more than six feet away. Uh, thank you for continuing to wear masks and to cover your face and mouth all the way through the whole service. We appreciate that. Uh, it is actually still required by law, so that's important. But Marilyn, more importantly than that even, is we want to lovingly protect each other, right? So that's, that's a good thing, too. So thank you. Thank you all for uh, complying, <laughs> obeying the guidance. Let's go ahead and open in prayer. Father, we thank you this morning uh, for protecting uh, this church, uh, for the members of, of this church. Lord, uh, as far as we know, no, no one in our church has gotten sick, and we're grateful. Of course, there's many afflictions in our church, and uh, we know that you're working through each and every one of them, and we thank you for that. Lord, lift up Janet this morning and Akeem, who's uh, back in the hospital. Uh, I pray, Lord, that you would comfort both of them, and Lord, that you would help uh, Janet's church family to be a comfort to her. Uh, Lord, help us uh, to keep uh, this family in prayer and Lord, we just ask that you would um, work uh, and meet each need. Lord, I do thank you today for all of the men in our church. Thank you for faithful men, uh, Lord, who love you and serve you and, and do their best to be faithful to you in your strength. And we pray especially this morning for dads, for fathers. And Lord, I pray you bless them this morning and help them. Lord, I love you. I thank you. Thank you for... Uh, the ability to be together with church family this morning. Thank you for some who are uh, able to be back for the first time. I, I pray, Lord, that you bless them and that our time together today would, would be a blessing to these people, but, Lord, to you also. Lord, as we 
uh, sing praises and, and glorify you in song this morning, I pray that you would be uh, pleased, that it would be a blessing to you as, as well as to us. Lord, I love you. I thank you. I pray all of this now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's stand again, take our hymn packets, and flip over to number seven, page number seven. There you'll find hymn number 628. Hymn number 628, My Savior's Love. You will find all five verses there, so we'll go ahead and attempt to sing all five verses of My Savior's Love, number 628. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene And wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned unclean How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be How marvelous, how wonderful is my say love for me for me it was in the garden he prayed not my will but thine he had no tears for his own griefs but sweat drops of blood for mine how marvelous how wonderful and my song shall ever be how marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. In pity angels beheld him and came from the world on high to comfort him in the sorrows he bore for my soul that night. How marvelous, how wonderful and my song shall ever be how marvelous how wonderful is my savior's love for me number four he took my sins and my sorrows he made them his very own he bore the burden to calvary and suffered and died alone how marvelous how wonderful and my song shall ever be how marvelous how wonderful is my savior's love for me and the last then with the ransomed in glory his face i at last shall see will be my joy through the ages to sing of his love for me how marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful, is my Savior's love for me. Amen. You may be seated. All right, let's take our Bibles this morning, please. Do you have your Bible? Good morning, Gary. I have a, I have a, a super-sized, large-print bulletin here for you somewhere. It's back in the foyer. I didn't tell the guys. Forgive me. Uh, take your, your Bible this morning. Aren't you glad this morning for God's Word? You glad for God's Word this morning? Boy, we, we need it, don't we? We, we need it, and I, I praise God for it. Take your Bible this morning. We're going to be in Ephesians 9, but I want to begin. I got to try to confuse you, right? I want to begin this morning in uh, Colossians 3. Uh, Colossians 3 this morning. Of course, we've been working. We, we have worked our way through Colossians recently in Sunday school. By the way, if you were watching Sunday school online this morning, you know we had a little technical problem that caused the, screen, the speed to go down and, th and then came back up. Uh, we're going to try to knit that back together again for the podcast and the CDs that we send out, but uh, thank you for our patience. You know, we've, we've not had a lot of technical problems over these past several months. We've been blessed. We've prayed. Brother Ray, I don't know if we prayed this morning against technical problems. Maybe that's the issue, but that was an important message in the nine o'clock hour this morning. I know the devil didn't want it to be heard, but we're going we're gonna to knit those two pieces back together, Gary. We're going to 
take out our best editing tools and fix that and, and distribute that because it's, it's important. Uh, back here in Colossians, uh, where you are this morning, um, we, saw, we saw Paul uh, teach the importance of right relationships between husbands and wives, uh, between parents and children, and uh, between employers and, and employees uh, in the workplace. And once you see, Paul was teaching those things as an application of the principles that he had just laid down. And I want you to see this uh, back here in Colossians 3, beginning in verse, let's start in verse 8. And I want to read down uh, through verse verse, uh, 15 or so, and then we'll we'll skip over to Ephesians chapter 5. Here in Colossians 3, beginning in verse 8, Uh, The Bible says, the Lord says, but now ye also put off all these, put off anger and wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Put that off. Lie, don't tell mistruths one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Verse 11, he says, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. So there's things to put off there. And then in verse 12, he says, put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, things to replace those things that we put off, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness long-suffering, forbearing one another, being willing to put up with one another, and forgiving one another graciously, even when it's not deserved. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. He says in verse 14, and above all these things, put on what? What does it say there? Charity, love. Put on love, which comes from the Lord, And he says, which is the bond of perfectness, maturity in the Lord. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, verse 16, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. And then in the next several verses, we saw sort of the, sh- the short version of different spheres of life where the Lord wants us to apply the things that we just saw. And put off these sinful things, anger and wrath, which are prideful, and, and, and put on what? Uh, there in verse 12 and 13, uh, mercy, kindness, humbleness, putting up with each other, forgiving one another. Paul teaches those things that he's received from the Lord and then applies them to the different spheres of our life. Wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands. Husbands, love your wives. Verse 19, children, uh, obey your parents. In context, those verses occur in a context where Paul has taught us to put off certain things and to put on certain things and then to apply those things that we've put on in those spheres of our lives. That's, That's how we taught those verses because... Well, that's how we find them in Scripture. Now, in Ephesians 5, we find the same applications, Gary, the same sort of spheres in our lives. We live in different spheres of life, right? Some are married, you have that sphere of life. Some have children, you have that sphere of life. Some work, different different, um, roles or spheres of living. Uh, In Ephesians 5, we'll see Paul takes those same spheres and he teaches a little bit more completely, a little bit more thoroughly. He kind of builds up from what he shared uh, with the Colossian church. But he also adds, adds something that is part of the formula for making this possible. Let me ask you before we go over to Ephesians 5, is the putting off and putting on, Brother Steve, that Paul teaches in, in Colossians 3, put off the anger and all that and put on the other stuff. Is that naturally easy to do? It's not naturally easy to do. In fact, it's naturally pretty hard to do. Someone might look at these verses and say, boy, that's hard. I don't know if I can do that. I'm discouraged. 
uh, I'm discouraged because, yeah, these verses are convicting, and I, I understand God wants me to apply this to be kind and loving and in different relationships, fears of living, but it's hard. And, and I don't know if I can, and so I'm discouraged by that. Well, flip over to Ephesians chapter 5, if, if you would, please. And, and here we have uh, really the Lord's answer for how we can do that. Gary, we understand, and I say it all the time, we can't do it in our own strength, right? You can't put off natural sinful things that come so easily and, and, and put on holiness and righteousness and kindness and, and love um, easily unless we are submitting ourselves, yielding ourselves to the Spirit of God and knowing the filling of the Spirit of God who brings those things forth in our life. Marilyn, we can't do it ourselves. We are called to know that this is what God's desire is, and we are called to know God's way for this to be possible, and then we are called to apply what God does in our hearts and our lives in these spheres in, in which we live. And when you understand, when you're reminded perhaps, when you understand and, and you bear in mind that this is made possible only as we yield to and allow the Spirit of God to control us. You can stop being discouraged and start being thankful. Lord, thank you. All I have to do is yield to you and say, yep, I understand. That's sin. That's right. Here's where you want me to apply this. And as I agree with you and yield myself to you, uh, as, I, as I repent of being unkind to my wife or if I'm a lady not being submissive to my husband, uh, if, I, if I repent of being a, an angry dad or an unsubmissive uh, young person and, and simply allow the Lord to work in me and to bring these things forth in my life, I can stop being discouraged and start being thankful. And by the way, start being obedient to the Lord as well, right? Uh, and, and so that's, this is what I want us to see this morning. Here in, in Ephesians chapter 5, and this is where we'll spend the bulk of our time here this morning, Ephesians chapter 5, before you find Paul revisiting those spheres of life and, and how we're to arrange ourselves in terms of author recognizing authority and exercising authority, you find verse 18. And I think we looked at this during our quick uh, introduction to these things in, in our Colossian Sunday School lesson, but before you see Paul revisiting these things and basically commanding, giving God's command, which we saw in Colossians, you have verse 18. This verse immediately precedes the same teachings that we saw in Colossians. Verse 18 says this. He says, be not drunk with wine, where is excess, but be what? What does it say, church? Be filled. Be filled with the Spirit. So you can see here that the Lord is saying, hey, don't do this, but rather do this. So you understand, just like the put off, put on in Colossians, uh, they're opposites, right? Put off being angry and miserable, put off being humble, put on being humble and loving. Those are opposites, right? So you have the same kind of construction here in verse 18. And so we understand that uh, whatever it means to be filled with the Spirit is the opposite of what? Being drunk with wine, whereas excess. The Lord is presenting these as, as contrasting things, whatever they are, uh, as things that are opposites. And so I can look at this first, and I know many of us understand this, but it's good to review as, as we arrive at this place in our study through Ephesians. It's good to review this and be sure that we understand it. Uh, if I drink to the point of being intoxicated, I am then going to be largely controlled by what, Zachary? By alcohol, right? I, if, if I yield myself to alcohol, if I start you know, taking in the alcohol, uh, I'm going to get drunk, and I'm going to be less in control, and the alcohol is going to be more in control. As I yield myself to alcohol, I become intoxicated. And by the way, it doesn't take much, right? Uh, I, I, will, I will then be controlled by alcohol. It's got, not God's desire. All throughout the Bible, God, God teaches against that. But this verse is less about teaching against drinking and more about being careful uh, in teaching to whom we should yield. So he says, be not drunk with wine. Don't, don't yield control to wine or any kind of alcohol. You could lump in drugs, other 
recreational drugs maybe, but instead of that, be filled. Be yielded to the Spirit of God. Now, the implication is just like if I yield to alcohol, alcohol controls me. If I yield the Spirit of God, I am yielding control of my heart, my mouth, my actions, my thoughts. I'm yielding control to the Spirit of God. And as I yield control of myself over to him, as I humbly submit myself to the Spirit of God and yield control of myself to him, I'm less controlled by me. I'm not going to be controlled by alcohol. I am going to be controlled by the Spirit of God. Filled. I'm already indwelt, but filled, strengthened, and controlled by the Spirit of God. Gary, that's the only way. It really is the only way I can stop being frustrated by all that God commands and to start being thankful for the truth that the Lord makes possible in this New Testament church age. We're not under the law, but God still wants us to govern our lives according to his words. I can stop being frustrated about my personal inability to obey and start being thankful, very thankful for the fact that if I'll simply yield to God, yield control to him, he steps into my heart, my life, my mind, and, and gives me power and strength to obey these words and then blesses my obedience. Anyone thankful for God's blessings? Church? Praise God for his blessings. Um, anyone been protected by, from coronavirus over these past several months? Uh, anyone here get COVID-19? Not that we know of, at least, right? Praise God for his blessings. Praise God for his provision. Uh, God has provided for our church all the way through. Blessings for our obedience and obedience that he makes possible, especially as we yield to him. So, yes, I've, I've got to learn to put off the anger and the pridefulness and everything that Paul said to put off in Colossians 13 and, and to humbly put on uh, love and a willingness to forgive and a willingness to put up with people who are struggling. Um, but how I do that is Ephesians 5 and verse 18. Lord, I, I will, but I'll need your help. I'll need your help. And then allowing God to bring forth humility and love and patience, long-suffering, the fruit of the Spirit, really, uh, as we've seen so often. And so with that in mind, uh, I want to pray, and then let's just jump in and we'll see uh, some of these places, these spheres, as I've called them, of life, that Lord will have us to yield ourselves to the Spirit of God so that we can obey Him, not be frustrated, but be thankful for His enabling of our obedience. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning for Your Word. Lord, you, you certainly don't leave us guessing how You would have us to live as believers. And Father, I'm grateful this morning. Lord, you, you've shown us what is necessary so that our relationships within our families, in our workplace, in our church, in our communities can be right. You've showed us what's required. And Lord, here this morning, you show us how that is possible. Lord, you make it possible. You've made it possible for us to be saved. You make it possible for us to be sanctified, to grow in holiness and obedience. Lord, you give us strength as we yield to you. Father, I pray this morning that we understand that we really grab hold of the importance of being filled with the Spirit in these different spheres of life so that we can obey and so that you can bless. Lord, I pray especially for dads today that they would take up these things and apply them uh, to their lives that you might bless, that you might bless their obedience. Lord, I love you. I thank you. I pray that you help me now as we look at these things for this, just these few minutes. Uh, Lord, work here this morning. Father, we, we thank you for the privilege to be assembled together in your presence uh, as you desire. And Lord, I, I pray now for your power to bring forth these thy words exactly as you desire. Lord, I yield my thoughts and my tongue to you, and I pray that you would control it this morning 
And I pray, Lord, that there'd be a joy in our hearts at receiving your words and uh, that there'd be a, just a, an asking in each of our hearts now that you would, you would give us a joy as we receive these words and that, uh, Father, we, you would um, help us to apply these things exactly as you, as you desire, exactly as we see here. Lord, I love you. I thank you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, let's, let's take some notes, please. I want us to see several, several of these spheres this morning. And the first one, I, I want to say this. The Lord wants us to be uh, filled with his spirit uh, for worship, for worship, number one. The Lord, Lord desires, we're commanded to be yielded to him and filled with his spirit uh, so that we can worship him the way that he desires. And we, we saw this idea back in Colossians 3, and sure enough, Paul communicates it to the church at Ephesus here uh, and to us, his church in Trumbull at Long Hill, uh, in verses 19 and 20. He says, uh, speaking, so we are to be speaking to ourselves in psalms uh, and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Did you do that this morning? Did you sing out to the Lord this morning? Uh, I hope that you did. I hope you've been singing uh, at home. Uh, when you leave this morning, take your bulletin with you, please. It has the lyrics uh, for the 6 o'clock service. And, and I hope as we uh, pray that we don't have any trouble <laughs> getting the live stream going and, and keeping it going. But I hope as Zach leads the singing that you'll take out your bulletin and take out the lyrics and, and, and just sing along. And, and I was going to say, don't worry about who's listening, but, but no, do it knowing that God is listening. Amen? Uh, don't, don't, just, just sing. Just, just sing. You're singing, uh, you're singing to the Lord. Speaking to yourselves, yes, you're encouraging yourselves, but also singing to the Lord in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, uh, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And someone's going to say, I don't want to sing. I don't like to sing. I can't sing. Uh, I choose not to sing. Well, we're commanded to sing. We are commanded to sing. And so uh, what's the answer for someone who says, I don't want to, I, I can't, I won't? Well, it's disobedience. Recognize that. Confess that. Lord, I agree with you. That's, that's a wrong heart. That's disobedient to you. Uh, and so, Lord, I, I confess that. And, I, and I, I, Lord, I yield myself to you. And I, and I pray that as I do, uh, that, that you would fill me and, and, and strengthen me, give me a new heart and strengthen me to sing uh, worshipfully to you. Uh, that, that's the answer. Uh, God desires that we sing to him. And if your heart is to not do that, you got a you know, grumpy attitude about that, you need to confess that. And, and simply yield and, and say, Lord, fill me, give me a heart, and, and you strengthen me to, to make that joyful noise uh, wherever I am, here in church, uh, at home, what have you. Uh, that's part of worship, and that's, that's part of what God desires. And um, it's, it's to be a joyful thing, and certainly not just for us, but a joyful thing for the Lord. And you have verse 20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Prayer, of course, is part of our worship and praise. We made the observation recently that uh, thankfulness and praise and, and worship really go hand in hand. They're, they're two sides of the same coin. You, you sing worshipfully out of a heart filled with gratitude, out of a heart that's uh, filled and enabled by the Spirit of God, and, uh, and we give thanks. We pray. Part of our worship is prayer, right? Uh, how's your prayer life? Uh, how's your prayer life? Uh, when's the last time you had a, a good, decent block of time given over to prayer? It's a convicting question. Uh, is the devil in the business of distracting his people? Is he, is he, have you noticed that? He loves to distract us from, from prayer. Uh, I was talking with someone yesterday about um, conspiracy theories and um, how, you know, some of these conspiracies, there could be some truth to them. There, there could be. Uh, we don't know, and, and so therefore it's best just to lay these things on the side or to pray them and lay them in God's hands and say, Lord, I don't know, and, and even if I did, there's probably not much I could do except pray and ask you to do, uh, and so I leave these things in your hands so that I not be distracted 
uh, and give over an inordinate amount of my time to considering those things and researching those things and you know looking for the videos online and look reading uh, those things will consume our devil has all kinds of crafty ways to distract us from the things that God would have us to focus on uh, we're here to praise him and to worship him and to serve him and to share the gospel, lead people to Christ and to encourage one another uh, and to lovingly help be helps one another. And boy, if, if you're allowing the devil to distract you uh, in any way, the conspiracy thing is just an example that came up yesterday. Uh, it's victory for the devil. Lord, help us to uh, put off things that are distractions from godly things and from those things that you want us to be focused on, which certainly includes prayer and, and giving thanks to you. Someone will say, you know, I'm, I'm not very thankful. <laughs> I don't know if you would say that, but sometimes we don't feel very thankful. Sometimes we don't feel very prayerful. Uh, and so you just have to say, Lord, help me. I yield myself to you. Uh, if you're convicted this morning that you've been distracted from prayer and you don't, you don't have a, a good habit of, of times of prayer each day, and I realize that you were called to be praying throughout the day, but boy, it's, it's good, it's better if your day can begin with prayer and end with blocks of prayer. And uh, If you say, just, I don't, know if I, I don't know if I can do that. Lord, I don't know if I can do that. Just yield. Okay, Lord, I'll, I'll yield to you. And I will trust that as I yield to you, you will fill me and enable me and empower me to have a thankful heart that compels me to be prayerful. Lord, help me. Help, help me to do that. So this first sphere is, is really in our worship, uh, singing and, and praying and, and giving thanks and, and, and rejoicing. If, if you struggle with that, and, and naturally we all do at times, Yield, confess, and ask the Lord to give you a heart to strengthen you for these things. I promise you, if you'll do that, Lord will, the Lord will step in and, and change your heart and, and, and give you a heart that rejoices at the amazing privilege and joy of being able to worship and talk to God and to sing to him. Uh, confess a wrong heart. Yield to God and ask him to give you a right heart. Second thing, the second thing, the Lord desires that we be filled with the Spirit, yielded to him uh, in our uh, relationship with our spouse. I realize not everybody is here, who is here this morning is married. Uh, some who aren't will be one day. Some will not be. It's not God's plan for everyone to be married, and that's fine. I think the Bible makes that quite clear. But uh, you either are married or will be married or you're not married, and you can teach this to someone else. Amen? You're either married and you need this because of that, or you will be married and you need this because of that, uh, or you're not married and you never will be, and, and you can just encourage someone else. Maybe you're widowed you can encourage others with these verses. As God opens doors to share these things, you, you can learn them and, and share them with others. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Verse 21 says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. So, yep, we're, we're, there's, a, there's a hierarchical relationship that God calls husbands and wives into. Uh, we see this here. The first thing, wives are called to submit to their husbands. We'll see next, husbands are called to love their wives. Uh, we'll see the verse. It's commanded, wives, submit to your husbands. Verse 22, wives, submit unto your own husbands. Not every husband out there. Your own husbands uh, as unto the Lord. Submit to your own husband as you submit to the Lord. That's the command uh, of Scripture. Colossians 3.18, we saw it there. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as is fit in the Lord. It's appropriate, as is appropriate to yield yourself to the Lord, recognizing his authority over you. you it's appropriate to yield yourself to him. And now the Lord says, um, do this as, as you submit unto the Lord. Ladies, recognize that God has ordained a hierarchy of authority in, in the home. And uh, he's, he's given authority to husbands that is to be exercised. Wives are to recognize that and submit to their husbands. Verse 23 says, for the husband is the head of the wife. Verse 23 continues, as, as the wife submits to her husband, she pictures her submission to Christ. Verse 23 continues, even as Christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body, therefore as the church is subject unto Christ, so ought the wives be to their own husbands in what? What does it say? 
What does it say at the end of verse 24? At the end of verse 24, wives are called to submit to their husbands in what? Everything is what it says. Do you see it there? Gary, if I'm a wife, that's, that's a hard thing. I'm really grateful I'm not. That's a hard thing. That's a hard thing. I'm, I'm thankful for my wife, and I'm, I'm thankful for her appreciation for God's words and her desire to obey God's words. But I can only imagine how difficult that must be, especially with an imperfect husband like this one. Amen? Somebody, you could say amen. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, husbands, pray that your wives would be able to yield to the Lord and be filled by the Spirit to be empowered by Him to obey Him in this area. Wives, is this hard? You don't have to answer or raise your hands, but I can only imagine. I can only imagine, especially given how imperfect husbands are. But when you do, you obey the Lord, and you picture everyone's call to yield to, to submit to God. And of course... As you submit to your husband, as you submit to the Lord, you find strength to submit to your husband, which pictures submission to the Lord. That's interesting, right? Kind of a circular thing there, Gary. As ladies submit to their husbands, they picture our call to be submitted to the Lord, and as they do that, they find strength to submit to their husbands and picture submission to the Lord. Praise God. Husbands, dads, husbands, we are commanded here to love our wives. Verse 25, husbands, love your wives. You can say, well, I love my wife. I, I think I said recently, well, if you say that, you better understand that. Otherwise, you're a liar when you say it, right? If you say you love your wife, you are saying that you, not just how you feel toward her, but that you choose to do love toward her. You do loving things. You provide for her uh, materially and emotionally and physically and spiritually. You lead. You provide leadership in the home. And of course, these things are hard, but can learn to do these things as we submit to the Lord and know his filling so that we can be obedient uh, in this area. The Parallel verse that we saw in Colossians 3 was, Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Uh, don't, don't allow yourself just to get caught up in bitterness at your wife. Uh, wives are imperfect and husbands are imperfect. And you could focus on each other's imperfections and be bitter toward each other uh, from here all the way home to heaven. But that will not encourage a lady to be submissive and it will not encourage a husband to be loving uh, Lord, help us to be gracious, to lay aside bitterness uh, and wrath and to put on grace and humility and mercy and love and all of that so that we can obey you in this area. Lord, I pray for husbands, for dads and all husbands, that we can yield to you and know your filling so that we can be obedient in this area. Men, is this important? important. This picture is Christ's love as we see in Christ giving himself for believers. Husbands are called to give themselves, give of themselves to love their wives, to give of their time and strength and energy and resources and invest that in loving their wives and when we do that we are picturing um, Christ giving himself for us see verse 20 the second part of verse 25 says even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it husbands were called to give ourselves to invest ourselves in loving our wives it takes a choice it takes a will uh, and one that's empowered by the spirit of God as we yield to the spirit of God to do that he says in verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy 
uh, and without blemish. Christ gave of himself so that we could be saved uh, and sanctified uh, and know an eternity with him. Husbands were called to give of ourselves, to love our wives, to invest in them, all, all of the material things and the physical things, but spiritually as well. And this might be the area that we fall down in the most, not being the right kind of spiritual leaders for our wives. Uh, Lord, give us husbands' hearts to be spiritual leaders for our wives who contribute to their obedience, who contribute to their sanctification. Lord, help us to view our wives as one whom you have given to us and called us to give to them uh, for their protection and growth in every way, all the way home to heaven. Lord, help us to be husbands who invest ourselves in our wives. Verse 28 says, So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause, verse 31, this is a marriage described. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife. And the two, uh, they two, shall be uh, one flesh. There's a unity pictured there in the physical relationship, but a, a spiritual unity and one that is not to be divided. Verse 32, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church this all pictures Christ and his relationship to the church. Listen, if our marriage relationships are biblically right, they picture Christ. They picture the Lord's submission to the Father. As women submit to their husbands, they picture the submission that we're all called to exercise toward the Lord and, and the son's submission to the Father. As husbands love their wives, uh, give of themselves to love their wives, they picture Christ giving himself uh, in love uh, for us, for believers, for, for the church. Uh, Lord, help us. Help us to have marital relationships that picture that picture Christ and uh, Lord remind us we'll not drum up this ability in our own power and strength but simply as we yield to you and trust you to strengthen us to do as you call us to do well Paul says also so we've seen uh, the importance of being filled with the spirit as we yield to the Lord uh, so that we can have a, a right worship uh, and then a right husband-wife relationship, right spousal relationships. Uh, and now the, the importance of being filled with the Spirit to have right uh, parent-child relationships. So we're still kind of in the, the big sphere is family. Within that sphere, you've got uh, spouses and, and, and then parent-child uh, relationships. Uh, it's, you we're reminded this morning and in moving into chapter 6, verse 1, uh, children are commanded to obey their parents. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. There's no children here this morning, but let's be able to know this and teach this as the Lord brings them. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, uh, which is the first commandment with promise. Remember back in the Old Testament, the Lord promised that children that did this would be blessed with long life. Back in Colossians 3, uh, the Bible says, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. What do you do with a child who's, who just seems unable to obey, unwilling, and they think perhaps unable to obey? Well, we teach them what, Paul, what the Lord is teaching us through Paul. Listen, you can obey. You teach them that they can obey because the Lord makes that possible. You can teach them that God expects them to obey and that he'll, he'll bless their obedience and chastise them, correct them from their disobedience, for their disobedience. By the way, as parents chasten and correct their children for disobedience, they're picturing the Lord's chastening and correction for disobedience. You're teaching that principle in the life of a young child. You're teaching them that they can learn to obey uh, if they will come to Christ and yield to him. He makes it possible for them to obey parents just like he makes it possible for mom and dad to have a right relationship with each other and with God. He makes it possible for children to obey their parents as they yield to him. And he makes it possible for mom and dad to have a right relationship toward their children. 
Not angry batterers, but loving correctors. Verse 4 says, fathers, and ye fathers, uh, provoke not, anger not, or provoke not to wrath. Fathers, and ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Don't be wrathful toward them. Don't provoke them to be wrathful toward you. Let them see that you want to be a loving, careful uh, teacher. Yes, one who defines the boundaries and who corrects in love when they step out of those boundaries sinfully. You want them to see that you're able to be that for them because you've yielded to God and he's made that possible and that similarly they can have a right relationship toward you, obedient, if they will yield to the Lord. Lord, help us. Family relationships are one of the most challenging areas that we deal with, maybe the most challenging area. There's probably been too little teaching and too little counseling and too little willingness for moms and dads and young people to understand what God desires and that God makes it possible to live out the model that he has given and all the reasons and purposes for that. Lord, help us to be a church that knows these things and yields to you and submits to you and finds strength in you to live these things and to teach them as we have opportunity to do so. Well, there's just one more sphere here and we're done this morning. Uh, number three, we're called to be filled with the Spirit as we yield to the Spirit um, in our workplaces, in our workplaces. Many are retired this morning. Not everyone is, of course, but many are. Uh, if, if you're retired this morning, you want to you have this uh, teaching in your mind, in your heart, so that you can share it with others. Uh, for those that are still working, uh, we want to we live this out today. Uh, we see here first this morning, workers are called to be obedient to bosses uh, as a picture of our obedience to Christ. Just as ladies are called to submit to their husbands, uh, workers in a workplace are called to submit to their boss uh, as a picture of our obedience to Christ. Verse 5, servants, uh, be obedient to them that are your masters and of course, as Paul taught this, um, he, he may have been literally thinking of those that uh, were in a position of servitude or slavery and, and masters over them. Uh, I hope, by the way, that you were able to hear uh, the majority of the nine o'clock Sunday school message this morning, because we addressed this. We addressed the fact the Bible does not ever endorse slavery. Uh, Paul, who sent Onesimus back to Philemon, did not do that as a endorsement of slavery. He, hopefully you'll go back and listen to that message. Um, there, it's in two parts right now on, on YouTube, but you can just listen to the second part. You'll, you'll hear that. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters. We'll apply this today as those of us who work and have bosses. Uh, we're called to obey them, to be obedient to their direction. They're paying us to do something. They have bought the right to guide and direct us and to make requests of us. Uh, we're called to obey them uh, with fear and trembling and singleness of heart as unto Christ. Uh, the end of verse 5 says, do that as unto Christ. As, as you yield to your boss and obey your boss, uh, do that as an example of your obedience to Christ. Uh, understand that the Lord calls us to be submissive in the workplace. And so if we will do that, we are being obedient to Christ. But we're also picturing our submission uh, and our obedience to Christ in, in a very practical way. And I've said many times, and you've heard many times in many messages over the years, that uh, this can really open a door to share the gospel uh, in the workplace. If, if you're the one that is uh, submissive and hardworking and not talking about the boss behind his or her back, uh, people will notice that. And, uh, they will sometimes ask about that, and you have an opportunity to say, you know, I, I believe the Bible. The Bible teaches us to be good employees, and the Bible teaches this picture of our uh, obedience to Christ. And boy, let me, tell, let me talk to you a little bit about Christ, because not only does he command this, but he makes it possible. 
Uh, he makes it possible to be a good employee and to not uh, always have these sort of friction-based uh, relationships, difficult relationships in the workplace. Uh, it's possible because of my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you like, I could tell you a little bit more about that. What a wonderful opportunity uh, to share the gospel. That door can be opened through our obedience to Christ. Verse 6, we saw a similar idea back in Colossians. Verse 6 says here, Not with eye service as men pleasers, uh, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. Uh, not with eye service as men pleasers means don't just be a good employee when the boss is watching. Be a good employee all the time, and particularly when the boss is not watching. Don't be the one who has to be managed constantly and checked up on constantly. Uh, be, be the one who is doing the very best that you can uh, as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. With the right heart, understanding that God gave you the job to meet your needs practically and with a gratitude and uh, with the knowledge and, and reminding yourself constantly that if I will come to work with the right heart uh, and, and be the right kind of employee, I, I'm, picturing, I'm picturing the work of God and Christ in my life and I'm picturing a submissiveness to him uh, and this might open doors to share the gospel. Verse 7, with goodwill, doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Uh, be a good employee as an example of service to the Lord. Verse 8 says this, knowing that whatever, whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. And we'll stop here in verse 9. Bosses are called to be kind and loving and godly bosses. Verse 9 says, Ye masters, do the same thing unto them, forbearing, threatening. Not threatening. If you don't do this, I'm going to fire you. Knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons uh, with him. If you have the privilege to serve as a boss or manager, uh, be a godly one. Be gracious. Be merciful. Yes, to find expectations and hold people accountable to them, as the Lord does for us in his word. But do that with love and grace and mercy that you know as you yield to the Lord, as you yield to the Lord. So, Gary, um, yep, there's, there's very practical application of God's words here. Uh, Husband-wife relationships, parent-child relationships, employer-employee relationships. Um, we have to live in these spheres, and so the Lord has defined how we should do that, what it means to, to have godly, a godly approach to each of those spheres of living. The Lord showed us back in Colossians what it would take to make that possible. We saw that. Um, and then the fact that we can only do that as we simply yield to the Lord. Lord, I cannot, I cannot accomplish this apart from you. And so I yield myself to you and ask you to bring forth the fruit of the Spirit and the strength, the grace I need to obey you in each of these fears. As God does that, I can be thankful rather than frustrated at my own inability to accomplish these things. Let's stop there and pray, please. Father, thank you this morning for your word for each of your words. Lord, I'm so thankful this morning that you're not a God who just says, do this, do this, and don't do that. You have given us commands. You've given us a way to live this life lovingly showing us how we can have right marriages and godly families and be godly in our workplace and yes how to worship you with the right heart as well lord i understand this morning that requires us to put off the heart and mind and attitude that we had as lost people and to put on humility and mercy and kindness and long-suffering and love and grace. 
Lord, I thank you this morning for the truth of your word. You bring forth those things as we simply yield to you. Father, thank you so much for that truth this morning. It's not something to be frustrated about. It's something to be encouraged in and to be grateful for. We can have a life that brings you honor and glory and pictures uh, all that Christ has done for us as we yield to you and ask you to bring forth the things that we need to obey you. And so, Lord, I pray that this morning that you would help us to be yielded to you and that you would give us a mind to apply the blessings of obedience, of yieldedness, the fruit of the Spirit, to each and every sphere of our life, that our relationships would honor you and please you and picture our relationship with you. Lord, thank you that this can be the case. Lord, I pray this morning that if, well, I pray this morning that you search our hearts. Show us in our hearts, convict us where our relationships are out of line with your word and your desire. Lord, show us where we're not yielding to you, where we've simply chosen to go our own way, to do our own thing, rather than to be mindful of your way, your will, and the possibility of obedience as we simply yield to you. Lord, I pray this morning that you'd convict us even now and give us a heart to confess that, whether it's a, a lack of submission in a marriage or a lack of love or a wrong heart in the workplace or a wrong attitude toward a child. Whatever it is, Lord, I pray you confess, help us to confess that even now. And Lord, to submit to you in that area, asking you for grace to get right. Lord, I know when we do, it'll be a great help to us, but also rejoice you and bring honor and glory to you give you a moment to pray and we'll close. Father, thank you. Thank you for working through your word this morning. Thank you for working in our hearts. Help us, Lord, to bear in mind what we've heard. Lord, help us to continue to be mindful of these things and, and Lord, to do business with you as we need to. Lord, um, help us to be yielded to you. Burden us to yield to you daily, to yield our hearts. Lord, I love you this morning. I thank you. Thank you for uh, each one who's come out to service this morning. Lord, I love you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you may look up here. I want to just ask you to turn to your announcements page in your bulletin for a moment, if you would, please. Uh, it's page three in your bulletin. Of course, you've got all those coronavirus precautions on page one. Thank you again for being mindful. Uh, we have an announcement that's highlighted there this Wednesday night, Lord willing. Uh, we will reopen the building for Wednesday night services. Uh, we're going to try to finish up by 8 to 8.15, so a little bit shorter than has been the case in the past. But want to encourage you to be here on Wednesday night. Uh, we're continuing our study through uh, the book of Judges, and it'll be a good night to jump in. Uh, if you haven't been watching online, we'll, we'll be kind of transitioning to a new part of the book. So it'd be a really great uh, time uh, to start jumping back into Wednesday night. We will continue to live stream all of our services, Lord willing. So if you can't be here, please do join us online. Be aware that the Zoom prayer meeting will be discontinued. We'll be here in the building for prayer on Wednesday nights. So the, the Wednesday night Zoom prayer meeting will be discontinued. Please just be aware of that, okay? 
Uh, Sunday school at 9 and Sunday night at 6 remains online only, so just encourage you to be online. Remind you as you leave today that uh, we'll receive the offering in the foyer. Uh, please don't place your offering in the foyer on the way in. Place it there uh, in the, you know, with the usher on the way out, just for safety and security, okay? Uh, and please remember at this time we cannot accept cash. I know that's a pain. Uh, but just for safety and security, we cannot accept cash at this time. So thank you for being mindful of that. Uh, when we close, and this will be the same on Wednesday, we need to leave you know, fairly quickly. Uh, but don't just run off. Take some time to fellowship and encourage each other outside. It's warm out there, but it's sunny and not raining, praise God. So uh, take some time uh, together. I want to just also, before we close, uh, draw your attention to the giving report at the bottom there. Uh, I think I've done this already, but I want to thank you again for staying faithful in your giving as we've not been able to meet much in these past several months. Uh, thank you for staying faithful in your giving. Uh, our giving is well ahead of our budget, and praise God for that. So many churches are trying to figure out how to go on because people weren't faithful to give when the building was closed, and and we're not there. I mean, we're, we're not there. Our giving is beyond, uh, you know, above and beyond what we need to cover our budgets. If you look at our, our missions giving down there at the bottom right corner, uh, we, we're almost $1,000 ahead of our missions budget for this quarter, and we were ahead last quarter too. And so you know what I did yesterday? I let two, the last two missionaries that we took on, I let them know that we increase their support to bring them in line with most of our other families. It'd be silly not to, right? So I just let them know. Um, Brother um, Jordan Karecki, he, he sent me a note right back. And he said, in his note, he said, praise God, praise God. I was literally just praying that God would somehow increase our support this week. He said, I literally just prayed that. I said, amen. I looked at my computer. There was your note saying that you increase us from $50 a month to $120 a month. Well, praise God. Faithful giving makes that possible, and uh, God can lay on a pastor's heart whatever he wants to lay on a pastor's heart whenever he chooses to do that. So um, missions giving is important. Um, we need to get these two families that are raising support to get out to the field. They need to get on the field. It's, 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 you know, we need them to be able to get out there. So I just encourage you to stay faithful and know that um, your giving matters and your missions giving matters. Uh, it, it matters. It's helping the gospel to be spread around the world. It's helping families to get onto the field. So thank you. Uh, I'm going to pray. Zach, you come lead us in closing song. We'll be dismissed. Father, thank you. Thank you for faithful people in our church. Thank you for people that are faithful to be in service. I know that there's still some who, who cannot perhaps safely do that, and we don't want them to be discouraged in any way. I think of Carol this morning. I know she's listening, and I pray that she would be encouraged this morning, Lord, and that we would stay, uh, keep her in prayer, Lord, that she would just continue to heal and be well, and, and that she would be able to safely return to church in your timing. Uh, Lord, we, we pray for her wisdom and that you would encourage her and that we'd be an encouragement to her. Lord, thank you for faithful givers who have not wavered, uh, but have stayed faithful. And Lord, thank you so much for faithful uh, missions giving. It is such a joy and privilege to be able to support the 12 families that we support and to do so at a level that um, many churches cannot. Lord, thank you for using a small church in Trumbull in a great way. Help us to stay faithful. Lord, please use us. Help us to stay yielded to you for your honor and your glory. Accomplish your purposes through us. Father, thank you for my church family, for my brothers and sisters in Christ. I thank you for their faithfulness, their obedience to you, and for their love. Lord, bless them. We love you and thank you and pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, would you stand with me as you take your bulletin to page number eight? 
page number eight will be number 429 in the hymn book. We'll sing when we all get to heaven. We'll sing all four verses of number 429 when we all get to heaven. What's that? If you're saved, you can sing, which hopefully that's everyone here today. Jesus, sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, we'll prepare for us a place. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. While we walk the pilgrim pathway, clouds will overspread the sky. But when traveling days are over, not a shadow, not a sigh. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Let us then be true and faithful, trusting, serving every day. Just one glimpse of him in glory will the toils of life repay. When we all get to heaven, a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. And the last, onward to the prize before us, soon his beauty will behold. Soon the pearly gates will open, we shall tread the streets of gold. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be assembled here today. Uh, please help services to go well this evening. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.